you need to make sure that you've got a great strong vision and a mission for your business. What are your core values that help you make decisions in your business that really separate you from the saturated market? And really understanding who your target market is, right? We talk about this a lot on Clubhouse, on podcasts, everyone's talking about their TM, right? Or their ideal avatar. Hey friends, I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career. If you're feeling stuck and you want more out of this industry, then join me as I share with you my strategies, lessons I've learned along the way, and how I overcame fear by shifting my mindset to build a healthy business. I built a solid book behind the chair, launched a bridal company, became a salon suite owner to most recently opening up a salon. As creative entrepreneurs, we need an education that empowers us and makes an impact on helping us raise our standards. My mission is to teach you how you can reach your goals quickly, build your books and your business faster, and master the framework for creating a successful and rewarding career. Thank you for joining me. Let's do this. Welcome to your Game Changer Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. Today, you guys, I wanted to go back to the list of questions that all of my Facebook group members have been asking, and I wanted to extract the top five questions that students have been asking. So if you are interested in what I'm speaking about, there is a private Facebook group that is for Uh, Salon suite owners, salon owners, people who are thinking about becoming their own business, go ahead and join me in this group. And there is an option when you join to ask any questions that have been on your mind. So I wanted to take the top five questions that I've been seeing. We've got over 300 questions um, from our um, students. And I'm seeing a lot of like repeat questions. So I wanted to kind of narrowed those down into the top five that I've been seeing and hearing most about. And so let's dive in, okay? So um, there's five top questions and this is what I've been hearing. How do I know if I'm ready to start a salon suite or salon, become a salon owner? How do I get started? What are the best ways to market my business? How to become profitable in my business? And how do I grow my business or scale it? So I love these questions. I think they're all very relevant. Now, I think some are going to be more specific to one person versus another. However, I think overall, it could be very beneficial if you are teetering on the line of, hey, what does this look like if I'm going out on my own? Now, I'm a firm believer that this is not for everyone. Okay, I do believe that working behind the chair, being behind the table, that you can be very profitable and successful in somebody's company as long as you've got the right mentorship, the leadership, and you're able to really explore different growth avenues in that business. So uh, that being said, okay, how do I know if I'm ready to start a salon suite or salon ownership? 
And I believe that the first and foremost is that you have to have vision for what your future career would look like. Now, if you don't have a vision, then you're probably not ready. So the vision really needs to, you know, I want to think big, right? Like, do you want to have um, a salon suite where you're working, um, let's say, three days a week and you are making X amount of money, you're doing certain services and you are your own boss, right? Nobody is there to help you. You're doing all the things, wearing all the hats, 100% in control. Maybe that's for you. Maybe the vision is that you want to have a team. Maybe you're on location. Maybe you have a salon spot and your vision is that you have a staff of 10 people and you're showing them how you do what you do best. Maybe your vision is to have multiple locations or start a franchise. It's really important that you are writing these visions down and being realistic about it and thinking what could and should be for your vision. So if you're kind of on the fence, I'm a huge planner and it's really important that you brainstorm these ideas, right? And that way you can narrow in and gain clarity and what it is that you want to create. You also need to have resources. You need to have people to help you. You need to have money to get started, right? And of course, if you're starting out from scratch, you need clients, right? Now, you don't necessarily have to be a licensed cosmetologist or esthetician to necessarily own a salon, right? It's, it's when you become an owner, it's not about being a technician. It's about understanding how to operate a business. Um, but if you're starting out from scratch, you've got nothing, you at least have clients, you can start with that. People, I'm talking about your accountant, your lawyer, who's going to help you with marketing, Who's going to help you with uh, coaching uh, and teaching you things that you don't know yet, right? Everyone starts somewhere, right? So it's important to have the resources. Money, even opening up a salon suite will cost you money. Oftentimes it's the first and last month's rent. Then you're going to have to order all of your supplies, which if you are ordering a full line of color and products, lots of benefits and perks from that. However, it's going to cost you. It could cost you $3,000, right? Where's that money going to come from? Are you going to borrow money from the bank? Are you going to borrow money from family? And then are you able to get that support that you need from your spouse or family or friends or a mentor, right? Going out on your own, starting a business on your own, you need to have others in your circle to help you because it is a lot. It is very daunting. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really important that you're able to fall back on others to help you and push you along the way um, because obviously you don't want to start a business going into it to fail, right? And that being said, having the right mindset. How do you know if you're ready? Do you have the right mindset? Do you have the grit? Do you have the determination that this is going to be a success? This is going to be hard work and I'm going to figure this out. That's when you know if you're ready. If you're saying yes, yes, yes to all of these and this excites you, then you might be ready to start your own thing. Also being said is that 
The grass is not greener on the other side. I believe that when I was an employee working behind the chair, I definitely was profitable. I was successful behind the chair. There was just things that I just didn't agree. I didn't, I felt like I was limited. I felt like I was in a box and I outgrew it, right? So if you are in that position, then there is other options, but it is not greener on the other side. There is going to be a new <laughs> a new realm of headaches and frustrations and learning curves. And so be fully equipped and prepared for what that next chapter, completely new book would look like for you. Okay, question two, how do I get started? Well, if you don't know how to get started, we have to do some research. So if you're thinking about owning a salon suite or maybe you're a suite owner wanting to open up a salon, then I would do research in your area. What is on the market right now and how much does that cost? Whether it's salon suites, whether it is something to buy or something to rent and figure out what is the cost of that? When is it available? What are they asking for? Meaning like, are they asking for a year commitment, three years, five year commitment? Is that something that you're interested in doing? So take a look around, see what's available in your area and also kind of study your competition and not not to look directly at them and copy them, but just see where are they located? And what are they doing in their business that you think, hey, I could, I could do that too, or I would do that differently, right? It's important that you are seeing what the competition is, where they are at, where they're located. Also doing research of what is happening in your community. Any newer developments happening? Are there any areas that look like they're dying down, right? Like some, some shopping strip areas look like a desert, right? Like nobody's there. And then now there's some new ones popping up, especially after the p- pandemic. There's a lot of different shifts happening into different communities. Now, we got to know what our budget is, right? Because one, we have to look what's on the market. How much does things cost? You know, because I do think that there's certain landlords or salon suites that are way overcharging. Um, however, if it is a, a location, right, like high foot traffic, high visibility, maybe it's uh, right in the heart of town, you're going to be paying a pretty penny for that. I know in my location, in the downtown heart area, you're looking at $10,000 a month. So you would definitely need to know what you can be budgeting. So how do you know what is in your budget? Well, how much is in your bank account? How much uh, loan would you be able to receive from the bank that you could use to start up? Now, I know that certain advisors might say um, that you shouldn't be borrowing money to start up a business, right? You should be using your own capital to get, get started. I'm kind of on the fence with that because I think that you can borrow money right now for a very low interest rate as opposed to taking your nest egg out because you're going to be wanting at least six months of your rent for your mortgage and for your business. So making sure that you're not taking all of your income in 
pushing it all into this dream and this vision that you have for your business, you want to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success and that you're not spending all of your money in the very beginning to get going. You have to start somewhere. So if you can start on the lowest budget possible, starting your business, the better off you are because you can always add into your business. There's always more things that you can update and add on. But if you spend all of your money on it, it could be uh, doing you a disservice because you're still figuring things out. So you want to start to create how you want your business to be operated. Thinking about long-term, are you wanting to work alone or do you want to work with a team? And what what is your salon look like? What is your policies and procedures? This is a great area to start in the research process with how do you want your business to look like? How do you want that vibe to be like? The feeling inside? What sets you apart from other people? Now, if you're solo, you want to start thinking about how are you going to create automations in your business? And if you are on a team, how are you going to serve your people and basically duplicate yourself? How are you going to teach them, train them to do what you do best? Or are you going to outsource that so that they know how to do all the services or how you want their dialogue to be? When it comes to the policy and procedures, what happens if somebody no-shows? What happens if somebody cancels? How are you going to get more people into your business, not just your team, but more clients as well? And what does that look like? Start brainstorming all of these different ideas that you have for your business. Write it down, journal it, brainstorm, cross things out that don't make sense, and really finalize and tweak your business ideas. Because when you open up the door of your business, whether you're by yourself or you're a salon owner having a team, it's not if you build it, they will come, right? So people aren't gonna be knocking down your door to get services done or, hey, I wanna be a part of your team. This is something that you have to work towards and cultivate and you have to start somewhere. And usually it's starting small and it's starting a little on the slower side. At the same time though, I find that this is more of a gift because it gives you the opportunity to really tweak what you have in place and figure things out and really create a beautiful business and a solid foundation that you can build strength upon, right? Now, we need to research what value we can give to clients, okay? What is it that, let's say you're a salon owner and you want to have booth rental in it, right? This has been pretty popular that I've been hearing amongst my students is that they want to have a salon, but they want a booth rent. They don't want any responsibility of helping somebody build their business and uh, all of the other stress that goes along with having employees. But what value can you create for them? Like, why would they want to rent for you from you when there are so many other places probably in your community that they can rent from? Why you? If you want to have employees, why would they choose you? What is going to differentiate your salon, your business, your vision, your culture, your brand from every other place? Start thinking about what makes you unique. What is your unique sales proposition, right? 
And then we have to start thinking about our brand, our mission, our target market. Now, I think a lot of people, when they start dreaming about going into business for themselves, they visualize this brand. And usually it's not brand identity. It's more like the the brand uh, colors, the fonts, the design. Ooh, we're going to have these stations, these chairs. Keep in mind, though, that that's not necessarily going to move the needle per se. You know, you need to make sure that you've got a great, strong vision and a mission for your business. What are your core values that help you make decisions in your business that really separate you from the saturated market? And really understanding who your target market is, right? We talk about this a lot on Clubhouse, on podcasts, everyone's talking about their TM, right? Or their ideal avatar. This is somebody who you really want to see on in in your station, in your salon, on and behind the chair working with, right? This is somebody who is either they're only um, receiving extensions or they're just bridal. You really want to un- understand who they are. Like, what is their age and what services do they want? What products are they going to use? How much would they pay for your services? And really identify that person so clear that you're able to describe that person. So when you are creating your content and your marketing, that you're specifically talking to that person alone, right? Because you want to multiply your dream client. Now, we keep on talking about the value that you can bring to your business, but it's extremely important that we have a value-driven customer experience. That's, that's where your secret sauce is going to be. And really start thinking and, and be very observant. When you go out to nice hotels, nice restaurants, or you had a great experience in a store, really take note on, why did I feel special? What made me feel really important? How did they greet me? How did I feel in that business, in that place of business? Even when you were on the phone dealing with customer service, right? How, how does that other person make you feel on the other line? Do you feel heard? Do you feel important? Do you feel valued? Like they want you to spend your money and your time with that business? Be observant to customer service and, and what you like. And take that, adopt it, and implement it into your own business. Whether you're a salon owner or just uh, if you're working behind the chair, this is always a good practice to have of, of basically buttoning up your business, right? Okay, question number three, best ways to market my business. Now, I love marketing. I feel like I could talk about this all day, but there's many different avenues to be marketing your business, and I believe that it's important to explore all of them really understanding your target market and how they want to be communicated with. That also being said, that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So it's important that you are on lots of different platforms of communication with your customers. Because even though you, let's say you send out an email blast, which is a popular form of communication, the open rate on that might be maybe maybe 30%. So what's going to happen to the other 70% that never even opens it, never even sees it? And so if you're wondering how come people aren't buying the sale or buying the, the promotion that I have at the salon or how come they're not booking appointments, I'm sending out these emails, 
Well, it's because maybe they just don't check their emails. Um, Take a look at your email box. How many unopened emails then do you have? I see people's phones and they're like 4,000 emails. There's a lot of junk emails we get, right? Not to say not to do um, email marketing. It's just one of the several. Text marketing, super uh, effective form of marketing. It's important that you strategize greatly with text marketing. Now, if you're not a business owner just yet, like if you're not a salon suite owner, you're not a salon owner, you can still text your clients, of course, if that's okay with your salon owner. But text marketing is a great way that you can follow up with your uh, new clients or Uh, reach out to your existing clients, your best clients and say, hey, I've got a sale going on. Hey, I've got an opening. I haven't seen you in a while. Reach out and communicate with your customers. Sometimes your customers, you are not on top of their mind. So you need to be. And that's why marketing is so important. Lead generation. If you're a salon owner, lead generation is going to be your number one priority in your business. How to get more clients into the salon, how to grow your team. Lead generation, which can be done by by marketing, email marketing, text marketing, um, reviews, having great reviews on Google, on Yelp, Facebook, or any type of platform that you're advertising with. Potential customers will will Google, you know, best salons, best hairstyles, best extension specialists. And when you have reviews, it helps to boost the SEO. It helps the computer understand who you are and who you serve. And therefore, they're going to put your name up front of your potential clientele. So asking for reviews from your clients is extremely important. If you are not a salon owner, ask your customers in your chair, hey, you know what? I love doing your hair. And if I could have people like you in my chair all day, I would absolutely love, love, love what I do even more. Can you write me a review on Google? I would absolutely really appreciate that. And then make sure that you give them an incentive for doing so, right? Because you want to show them appreciation, whether it's, I'm going to give you a free eyebrow wax, deep conditioning treatment, maybe $10 off, right? There's many different things that you can do to show gratitude for your customers. Also, getting involved with your local community, right? You are serving your community. There's numerous other businesses in the area as well that probably have the same target market as you. How can you cross promote, not just internally with your salon and your other staff, but how do you cross promote with other companies that have similar target markets. Connect with them, build relationships with them, advertise jointly with them. Maybe you want to advertise in a local uh, magazine, a local newspaper, a local TV station, right? How can you be more charitable as well? This is a great way to not only boost your visibility, but show the community, hey, we really care about X, Y, and Z, right? There's a lot of non-for-profit organizations, at least in my community, and I'm sure there are in yours as well. Find those non-profit organizations that really need community support. And if you can partner up with companies like that and a charitable cause, it gives gives so much more reason reason of why you do what you do and what you care about, what those core values are about. 
Having a loyalty point program in place is going to be great for marketing to encourage your loyal customers to continue spending and doing business with you. Having a referral program, asking for that referral, making sure that there's great incentives. This is all part of that marketing package, right? And we have to get visible. And this is online. And online could be your website, Google, Yelp, Facebook, YouTube, IG, TikTok. Where is your target market at? That's where you need to be. Now, you don't necessarily have to be on all of them because it is very daunting, time-consuming. But figure out who is your target market, where are they spending time, that's where you need to be at. Okay, question number four, how to become profitable in my business? Well, we need to kind of reverse engineer things, right? We need to know, okay, if I need to bring in 40, if I need $40,000 a year, realistically, to make a living and, and have some savings and some money for fun, we have to reverse engineer that. And so we have to think, okay, we've got to start with the end of mine. So we need to make sure that we have a budget in place. So if you're buying a lot of products, you're marketing, you've got um, credit card fees, you have software fees, you have um, education fees. I am not joking. Owning a salon is extremely expensive. There is a low profit margin on most things. So, you know, I think that you can be profitable as a salon owner, but you need to strategically plan that out and stick to a tight budget. And in the beginning, you will be spending money to get going, to get started. But if you can button up, tighten up your budget and say, okay, I'm only going to be allocating um, 10% to XYZ, make sure that you stay within that. Because the thing is, is that the second that you start going over budget, guess what? That comes out of your paycheck. So it's important that you're going into business that, you know, you're not going to make 100%, you know, and I really hate when salon suites market their business as you get to take all the money because that's not true. You have so many bills that you have to pay for. You have to pay for your LLC. You have to pay for insurance. You have to pay for continuing education, all of your back bar products, all of the products that it takes um, to use on, on your products to make things happen. If you're doing paid advertisements, ugh, capes, foils, all of the things, gloves. And you know what? And prices keep on going higher and higher uh, due to all of the chaos that's happening in the world. So it's expensive. And you really need to make sure that you're budgeting really tightly in your business. Now, tracking your numbers. I'm huge on creating a scoreboard so I can see my team and where we are at in our business. How many rebooks are we getting? How many sales are we making? How, what is our retail to service percentage? We need to track these numbers because this tells us the story of are we growing, are we plateauing, or are we dying? And if you're not tracking and looking at your numbers, then one day you are going to look up and say, oh my God, what has happened to my business? Where are all my clients? How come I have so many gaps on my book? Let's look back six, seven, eight weeks ago. Did you rebook anybody? Did you um, ask for any referrals, right? When we have gaps in, in downtimes and spots in our business, it's because we're not doing something right. 
And so quickly, we need to address it and figure out what can we do, what can we change up to make a difference in my business. Now, negotiating lower prices. Um, you know, you've got, let's say you've got QuickBooks to help you with your accounting. Maybe you have an accountant, uh, social media manager, any type of uh, membership that you're doing. See if you can negotiate a lower price. Your insurance, can you negotiate a lower price for this? Shop around, I would probably say maybe quarterly, um, if not uh twice a year at least to figure out, okay, what am I spending money money on? Is there anything that I can eliminate in my business that I don't need, that I do not need anymore, that's not serving me? Or is there anything that I can negotiate on, right? Your, your phone bill, right? Is your menu price per minute or per square foot? Now, it's really important that, you know, it's important to know like, what is your competitors? What is in the market, Right? Like if you, if everyone's charging a hundred dollars and you're like, why charge a thousand dollars? What, how do you justify that? Is it because you are really experienced? Is it because your business costs you 10 times more than everybody else? Making sure that you're pricing out your menu according to what your expenses are and what you need to make is extremely important. So figuring out how much do you want to charge per minute And how much does it cost you to actually do those services and making sure that your menu is priced out accordingly so you will be profitable in your business. If you are not charging enough for your services, you are losing money left and right and eventually you will go broke, right? You're going to be working so many hours trying to do as many customers as possible and you still won't be able to make ends meet. So making sure that you are priced accordingly. How to be profitable in your business? Maximize the guest experience. Value-driven business. Whether you are a business owner or not, it's important that you hold sacred the guest experience. That client has so many options and choices nowadays that they can go anywhere and probably get a good service. How do you put that wow factor on to what you can offer for them. All right, number five, how do I grow my business or scale it? So it's important that we create systems for doing things, right? Everything that you do, write it down. Is this how we want to have our cancellation policy? What happens when somebody wants a redo? How do you check in clients? How do you check out clients? What are your standards? Everything that you do in your business needs to be classified as, you know, whatever, the Jennifer way, right? The, the Allison way, the Nicole way. Like it's really important that you are writing this down of what are we doing when this happens? That is creating a system. Whether you are by yourself or have a team, it's important to have a system for doing things, right? What does your team look like? Now, if you're solo, you still have a team. You need insurance guy, an accountant, you need a bookkeeper, maybe a social media manager, Um, you need a lawyer to write up uh, waivers and contracts and things like that. Or if if you're a salon owner, you have those things, plus you have your team of people, such as who hires people, who does the interviewing, what does the onboarding look like, what are your non-negotiables, what does that 90-day probation period look like. So it's important to get clear on who do you want to who do you want to work for you? 
What is their personality? What is their character like? What type of team member are they, right? How do they fit within your culture? And can they uh, quickly adopt your brand as their own? Do they take initiative? Are they passionate? I know I can't answer uh, what your team looks like for you, but I do believe that's important to brainstorm and just jot that down of this is what my dream team looks like. This is the behaviors. This is the characteristics that they have. Um, This is the talent and skill that they have. Picking out people too that are different than you are great, right? Because you know what you're strong at. You know what you're good at. You need other people on your team that have a different set of skills that could add more value to your business and help you grow it. Think about how you want to lead your team. How often do you meet with them and educate them? And and do you encourage them? Do you, what does that look like? You know, and have you ever trained somebody before? If you have not, then I would um, definitely seek out mentorship on how to mentor somebody. Um, get education in that because you ha- are holding somebody's future career in your hands and it's extremely important that you are helping them serving your people. If you've never trained anyone before, I definitely would make sure that you are strongly educating yourself on how to be a great coach, how to be a great leader for your people. Now, this is something that can be learned. So, I don't want you to shy away from being a salon owner if you're like, oh, I've never trained a team. If you desire to grow people, if you don't desire to grow people and help them build their business and build their career, salon, sweet ownership might be a better route for you working by yourself. However, is that scalable? Not really. It's not scalable. You still have to trade time for money. If you're not working on clients, how else do you make money? Retail sales? Maybe. Uh, is there other things that you could do, like being an educator, um, sell courses online, things like that? Yeah, that might be. That's going to be more scalable. But working solo is not a scalable business. So, and that's not for everybody. You definitely have to have the right personality, be a go-getter, be hungry, um, because you are the only one who's going to push yourself. And if you're not the type of person that says, I'm going to be innovative, I am passionate, I have this strong desire for growth to grow my business, uh, it's not for everybody. And I do believe that working behind the chair with somebody else, if you have the right leader, is probably a better route to go. So there's lots of avenues that you can take your business, which is the beautiful thing about our industry, right? So many different avenues that you could take and build your business. Now, how will you delegate um, so you can focus 100% on leadership? Now, this is going to be your main goal if you want to grow your business and scale it. If you are a salon owner, your number one goal is going to be leadership and lead generation, right? You need to get out from behind the chair so you can solely focus on leadership. Now, I do know salon owners that still work behind the chair. I currently work two days behind the chair. And um, I know my desire is not to be behind the chair so I can continue to scale and build my team up because my business is not about me. It's about my team. And, you know, I bravo to those who are still working behind the chair. I do think, though, that it could be limiting. 
and limiting your team, maybe limiting yourself, right? Because you're wearing that serving my customers hat and then you're also trying to manage and lead your team. So can it be possible? Yes, can it be possible? Absolutely. But if you truly want to be 100% scalable, then you cannot be the service provider. It's all about your team. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. We went over the five questions asked by students, and I hope that this has given you clarity on whether or not salon suite ownership, salon ownership is for you, or staying where you are at and building a profitable profitable business behind the chair that way. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave me a review. I need to know who you are if you're enjoying this. You guys, leave me a review. I greatly appreciate it. Slide into my Instagram DMs at Jennifer Jade Alvarez. I would love to hear from you. Let me know if you're enjoying these types of podcasts. If you have any topics that you would love to be featured on the podcast or any special guests that you would love for me to interview, please let me know. Slide into my DMs. I am so excited to chat with you and learn more about my listeners. So, Thanks so much uh, for being a part of the podcast and we'll see you next week.